Apple's new AirPods Pro have arrived. If you're in the market for new earbuds, are they worthy of your consideration? We'll also take a close look at the new Apple Watch Series 8 in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Our review of the Apple Watch Series 8 just posted to Macworld.com, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, we're going to talk about what could be uh, Apple's hottest seller this holiday season, the new AirPods Pro. Yeah, could be. It's been three years since they uh, updated them, right? Yeah. So we finally got the second generation. Jason did a full review of them that posted. It was actually this week. But he wrote it last oh, week. Was it this week? <laughs> That's where I get all the stuff. So. We did. We we did it. He did write it. Last week. So it's up on our website, regardless. So if you want to take a look at that review, uh, check out our website. It's also in the show notes for this podcast. Jason, was three years worth the wait? I don't know what that question. Is. <laughs> <laughs> <About> it, <so>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say this: I'm surprised how much better they are. I think you get fooled by the fact that they look pretty much the same. Like the case is the same size. When I read your review, I was surprised as well. Like how much you, you know, they're very different. They look exactly the same, except like the little sensor cutouts are slightly moved and stuff. But like you would never tell. You'd see them in someone's ears. You could never tell. The case is the same size. It just has a little lanyard loop and little speaker holes on the bottom. You wouldn't think that it's made major differences. You kind of expect major differences to come with some physical changes, but uh, the changes are all on the inside. And I was surprised one, how much better that they sound for like music and and TV and stuff like that Two, how much they've improved noise canceling. Cause they go out and they say like two X better noise canceling. And I don't even know what that is. I don't even know how you measure (laughs) that. And I, I couldn't tell you if it's, Twice as good. I, I can tell you that I can put in the old AirPods Pro and go to places where I can definitely still hear background noise that is almost always completely eliminated by the new AirPods Pro. Apple's transparency mode's always been really good. Like everyone's got a transparency mode now. Theirs is really good. It's even better now. And that adaptive transparency thing where they take loud noises and make them quieter. It's just transparency mode where anything over 85 decibels gets cut down. That works pretty great. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not smart enough to quite get every little, like it's a really short loud noise or something, but any sustained loud noise, like a loud motorcycle going by or hand dryers, the blower hand dryers or any that kind of stuff. Like it, it totally works. <laughs> but like everything else sounds normal volume. It's not like suddenly everything gets quiet. Yeah, I was really impressed. That's a feature that's only right now on the AirPods Pro. There was a rumor that it was coming to the older AirPods because it, uh, it popped up in iOS 16.1 Beta 3 for AirPods Max and the old AirPods Pro, but that is a, reportedly a bug. And it's so right now it's strictly for the second gen AirPods Pro. It's a switch. It doesn't work because it would require a firmware update for those devices that does not exist for people. And it's supposedly a bug. I mean, we all could have told you this. Like, like, even if they were capable of it, I don't think Apple would have allowed it because <laughs> they want this feature for the new AirPods. 
Um, but they they went out and said to everyone that it requires the new H2 chip, which is only in the new AirPods Pro and so on. So we never should have expected <laughs> to get a freebie like that. I have been using the Beats Fit Pro, which are basically the original AirPods Pro stuffed into Beats that came out like about a year after or so. The case is a little bit bigger because the ear buds are a little bulkier. They don't have stems. They have the little wingtips that go inside your earfold. They have physical buttons uh, and the case doesn't have wireless charging. It has USB-C. I've been using those because I feel like one, they're more comfortable and stay in my ears well when I'm working out and everything, which is when I use them a lot. Two, they had much better sound quality for music. And I feel like the AirPods Pro have caught up to that for sure. And the, the new AirPods Pro have better noise canceling, definitely. And the new transparency mode. And the case is cool. Like, I don't use wireless charging on my AirPods cases a lot. I just plug them in with lightning when I need to because it's fast. I'm surprised at how much I use the, the thing where you can use your Apple Watch charger to wirelessly charge because there's a magnet on the Apple Watch charger and it's strong enough to hold up this case. So all my little stands that are like a two-in-one iPhone and AirPod, Apple Watch stand, I just kind of stick it up there for a couple hours and it charges it up. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, that's handy. Makes you wonder so, why it took this long to do that. Yeah, the Apple Watch charger is not Qi standard. It uses different like voltages or something like that. There's something about it that's different. So they couldn't just stick a cheat coil in there call it a day but it's cool just quick about the charging so we'll talk about the apple watch in a bit but it's strange to me that the apple watch series 8 isn't magsafe and it still uses a slightly different magnetic charger like couldn't they just shrink it down have a small little puck and have it all be the same branding we could talk about that later but the, i All think right, two, we'll, two we'll, things we'll put that on hold i don't want to i don't want to get too far away from airputs yeah we should talk about that i have theories about why they okay. can't reasonably right, do to that be, to be continued in a few minutes <laughs> yeah that's a little tease a little tease there's some technical reasons why that wouldn't solve anybody's problem i don't think i'll say this though about the new airpods pro like they're they're a surprisingly big step up but in the last three years, the competition has gotten extremely good. When the AirPods Pro came out, still almost nobody was doing the super like super one tap easy connect and transparency modes and good noise canceling. And like they had, they were the first to have decent noise canceling and a decent transparency mode in the wireless earbuds. Um, you had to get cans for all those. Now there's good competition. Like Bose Quiet Comfort 2 are really good. Yeah. The Sony XM4 earbuds are really good. I wouldn't say they're better than any of those at whatever they do best, but they're competitive on every level. So I don't think their music playback quality is probably as good as Sony's is. It's close. And I don't think it's noise canceling is probably as good as Bose, but it's close and it's music sounds better. The transparency mode, I think they're just winning. I think they're just ahead. So I don't think you can, I, I think you can safely buy them now and not go like all the third party ones are better. They just don't do all the cool Apple stuff like switch between my Mac and my, you know, iPhone automatically and all that stuff and do the, the head tracking when I watch stuff on my iPhone and the head tracking 
you know, uh, spatial audio and all that. Like now you can have those things and not feel like you're missing out on all the good sound quality that all the competitors are giving you. So Verge did a cool video where they compared uh, AirPods, AirPods, AirPods 1 and 2, the Bose, and I think the Sony Buds, and they played, you know, like jackhammering and things like this mm. to see which one blocked it out best. And the, the Bose won, mm-hmm. you know, based on that test, but the AirPods were pretty close. The AirPods 2 were pretty close. So they, it's definitely improved um, a lot. And And I think from what I've read from the people who are really comparing them all, Nobody's got a transparency mode that sounds as natural and normal as uh, Apple's and nobody's a lot of them have a sort of they don't call it adaptive transparency, but they have something like that. But it cuts down the sound of everything. If the sound gets loud, it just cranks up the level of noise reduction, whereas Apple's is a little smarter and it only cranks down the noises that are loud and not everything else. It's kind of like putting a volume limiter. Do you think it's a uh, adaptive transparency is a big enough feature where they need to push out an AirPods Max update to bring it there as well? Not if that's the only thing you get out of it. Okay. Not at that price. Not at how much they cost. I mean, you'd probably just get better noise canceling quality in general because the H2 chip supposedly does, does that. I would guess they would do some slight adjustments to the mics and stuff to improve things but i don't know if a max update uh that just does that is going to be enough like i would hope they do something else i would hope they do something to get the weight down uh I, yeah i don't i don't know with, with the max my here's my other guess is these this is one of the first devices from apple to support bluetooth 5.3 it's the new apple watches and it's the new iphones but none of the max and none of the other iphones and and the iphone i think the iphone 14 does the 14 Pro does for sure, but I think the regular they, they, 14 they does. They both do. Well. It's the 13 that, that, that does not. You need that to do LE audio and some other stuff. You need Bluetooth 5.2 or above, but none of that is in these products. So my guess is, you know, we saw a lot of features get added to the original AirPods Pro in software updates over time, spatial audio and all this stuff. Um, so my guess is we're going to start to see maybe next year, the year after that stuff, additional features that require AirPods that have Bluetooth 5.3. It'll be these and then some update to the regular AirPod to the third, like a fourth gen AirPods and some AirPods Max second gen or something, you know, that would that would be my guess. My guess is like this is the starting point and we'll get more like future proofing. Yeah, uh, if we're if we're three years, so if we're doing a three year cadence for these, I mean, they need that now so they can add features over the next couple of years to make them relevant. I, I should mention uh, battery life. It's about they say Apple says about six hours with noise canceling on. You get another hour if you turn it off. That seems to be pretty close to what I'm getting. It's roughly the same as the third gen regular AirPods. It's com- comparable with other you know, compact wireless earbuds. You can, you can find ones that give you more, but that's, so it's again, competitive, but it, it is a huge increase. That was one of the shortcomings of the original AirPods Pro is it gave you four and a half hours. And after you've had them for a couple of years, that's maybe down to three hours or something. You know, if you're, if you use them a lot, you're charging them every day. It's a good boost in battery life, even if it's not spectacular compared to the market. Do you think, um, 
the design will hold up for three more years. Yeah, I don't think Apple has any reason to change it. I always thought the controls on the stem thing was terrible. Like the little, like pinch the stem, but you got to pinch the little flat part on the front of the stem. It's like to start and stop. And they have that and you can swipe up and down on that. And it, if you swipe up or down, it, it moves the volume like one step in that direction. It's nice to have volume control in there, but it's still like a terrible way to control your stuff. I kind of can't wait for whatever Beats does with the H2 chip. Beats Fit Pro 2 or whatever. <laughs> like, because I always think that Beats kind of makes better AirPods than AirPods. Well, that's kind of how AirPods got the inspiration. That's, that's where Apple got it from. I mean, it's... it's yeah, and, and they started making their own chips and then their own headphone chips. And then they put... When the, when they put those in Beats, those are really good. Um, and the Beats don't... They're not like super bass heavy and stuff. I, the Beats that have that don't have the Apple chips in them and they're kind of made for Android devices and stuff. They still make those too. And I wouldn't get those, but the ones that do, they do all the Apple stuff. They do all the instant pairing and switching between devices and all that other good stuff. And you usually miss out on some little thing. Like I watch the beats don't charge via the Apple watch charger. Or don't have the U1 chip to, to do precision finding or whatever. They're going to have some kind of difference that, doesn't matter to me personally as much as the the fit and having like a physical control, all that stuff. You said that the the new ones sound better. Can you describe that a little bit? Like, is it cleaner or troubles brighter? It's or? it's always so hard to describe sound quality. People always use these adjectives that have nothing to do with sound, like warmer, and I'm like, that's temperature. What do you mean? When you go back and forth, like the, one of the nice things about it, about a iPhone is you can have both paired and you can use audio sharing to like play both at the same time and tweak the volumes till they're the same and just literally go back and forth. Uh, and you can do that and you can find like the there's way better bass response. Everything has a lot more um, like a sharper attack to, to the so it's got like more punch and anything that clicks or has like crisp sound sounds a lot crisper and has that that punch and that click songs that kind of drive a lot of frequencies at once there's kind of two two things that are really important in headphones one is dynamic range of stuff like is it handling quiet things and loud things and stuff and the other is kind of the opposite of that like what happens when everything's super loud like what happens when you're listening to one of my favorite tracks for that is kickstart my heart the motley crew song like that's one that you remember the little vu meters that like those little right those little needles that would go up and down with the thing like that would just peg it in the red the whole song right like everything is loud every part of that song is fully loud all the time and that's actually kind of hard to do <laughs> it's hard to do that and have it be clean and it's way way better at handling that kind of stuff throughout they're a lot better than the old airpods pro just all up and down <laughs> like almost everything about them the, the place you won't notice a huge difference is like audio call quality when you're, you're talking or facetiming with somebody the, the mics are a little better but like that's not going to be a dramatic difference when you listen to music or watching a movie that's got a lot of stuff going on or something. It's a pretty big difference. I would be blown away if every other competitor hadn't already passed the AirPods Pro so much. You know, it's it's comparable, you know. Would you recommend upgrade up 
upgrading, updating, upgrading from the from the one. I would say if you've had the one, the first gen AirPods Pro for a couple of years, you're using them every day. The battery is not lasting as long because you charge them in every day or, you know, uh, whatever. I would say like you're, you're a person who's getting a lot of use out of them all the time. You've gotten your money's worth out of the first ones and you're going to get more benefit from the second ones because you use them all the time and the battery's low. If you've gotten the AirPods Pro within the last year and you're not like a daily user, nah, I mean, hold off. Wait, wait, at least wait for the inevitable sale like for the last year, it's been hard to buy the, the AirPods Pro at retail price unless you buy from Apple. Everyone else has had them for 200 bucks instead of 250 or less sometimes. Yeah, 180 is good. It's gone down as low as that. Yeah, so just that that's going to eventually happen. And if you've gotten first-gen AirPods Pro in the last year, I kind of feel like wait six months, wait till next fall, wait for these sales to start happening. And for your existing AirPods to have gotten more use out of them. But hey, I don't know what kind of money people have. So it's your money. Do what you want with it. But in terms of just, you know, get get your money's worth out of the ones you have first before you rush out and upgrade. Now, if you have regular AirPods, you get all kinds of things by going up to the Pro regardless. Like just noise canceling and all that. Other stuff. Like it's worth it. It's so worth it. Especially if you can get a lot of use out of that transparency mode stuff. That's great. Put it on your Christmas list. Apple may actually kind of lose out by the fact that they look so similar and they just call them AirPods Pro. They don't even mention second generation unless they have to, right? They're just AirPods Pro. Yeah, they do They do say third gen. I think they say third gen because they still sell the AirPods second gen. So those are differentiated. And they only say second gen on like support articles and stuff where things are different, like they're talking about the case or something. It's it's one of those things where it may not be as hot of a seller as it would have been if they made it a little bit more obviously different, visually different or something where people would have said, oh, these are the new ones. These are new. Like people who don't follow this stuff. Just to bring this back. Um, so on the AirPods Pro site. It says AirPods second generation, AirPods third generation, and then it does say AirPods Pro second generation, which is which is rare to do that. You know, in that little that little navigation at the top. Yeah, on that marketing site. Yeah. Yeah. So you do they do show it there, but yeah, you're right. They don't really call it out in like text. And, and well, it also says new. It's got the like little new tag. By the time it loses that new tag, it may lose the second generation tag. I mean, maybe they're putting it there because they have to do it for AirPods because there's two of them. So it just looks better to say second generation. <laughs> I'll say this. If you're not buying from Apple, make sure you don't get the first gen, especially if you see a sale price, be really suspicious. Make sure that you're not getting the first gen models. Even on a sale, I would not pay 180 for the set for the first gen. Now that these second gens are out, I would pay the up price. Jason has a lot more details about the new AirPods Pro in his review. Check out the review on our website at macworld.com. We also took a look at the new Apple Watch Series 8. We have a review posted that was written by David Price. He's over in the UK, and because of the way scheduling works... Time zones um, and scheduling. When we record the podcast, he's uh, feeding his children dinner. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little difficult for him to join us. But uh, Mike worked with him on the review. So 
Uh, we have our review up of the Series 8, and it seems like an impressive watch. Well, I mean, it's an impressive watch because the Series 7 was an impressive watch, and the Series 6 <laughs> was an impressive watch. Yes. Yeah. There. So Jason wrote the Series 7 review last year, and he mused that maybe Apple doesn't need to update every year because they're so far ahead, because it's so good, because the changes were so minor. You know, maybe every other year. It's not like Apple doesn't do that with other products like the iPad, like AirPods. We were just talking about it. It, it took them three years. It didn't make the, the, the second, the first gen AirPods any worse. It just, you know, they, Apple decided we're going we're gonna to go three years. Maybe next year it'll be two. Who knows? But Apple watches every single year with the iPhone. They come out with a new model every year. And last year, the only thing that changed was the display. It went from uh, 40 and 44 millimeters to 41 and 45 millimeters. Again, that's a very small change. Compared to this one, that's a huge change <laughs> because this one, you're not, there's really nothing that's new. You're getting the S8 chip, which is the same for all intents and purposes as the S7. The teardowns have shown that it's, it's, it's really the same. When Apple compares the, um, you know, the performance, they're, they're comparing it to the S6 chip. It's been the same for, for a couple of generations. I think the only difference is Bluetooth 5.3, which again, doesn't do anything, and the temperature sensor, right? The temperature sensor and the crash detection. Those are the, those are the main- Yes, that's true. Uh, accelerometers that let it do, the, all they use it for is car crash detection, but right. um, yeah, better accelerometers. The iPhone 14, mm-hmm. where if you're, if you're in a car crash, it'll recognize the, the G-force, whatever is happening, and it'll- Call emergency services. It'll it'll text a, a loved one, friend, whatever, to let you know to let them know that they've been in a crash. Now, uh, David and I talked about this, and he wrote a little thing about it over the weekend. Like, is that the kind of feature that's something you even think about when you're buying these products? Like, one day I might be in a in a near fatal car crash, and I want my Apple device to to call them. Like, it's not something that's you're gonna that's gonna sell you an upgrade. I don't think. Unless you're into street racing. I'll say it could have at least waited another year, right? If they if they just didn't update the Apple Watch every year, that feature. Like, it's not the kind of features like, well, they sh- they, they needed to put out a, a watch this year because the car crash thing. Like, no, they, they could have waited a year. <laughs> if you have an Apple Watch, you have an iPhone. If you And it's it's on the iPhone 14. So, it, like, like you're, you're right. It's not the kind of feature that you needed, but... Listen, it's 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 nice to have. It's a good it's a good thing. I'm sure Apple will next year or in the spring or whatever its next event is have a little video of people who were saved by car by crash detection. <laughs> you know, it's a fi- it's a fine feature, but it's not something that that's going to sway an upgrader. And uh, as Jason said, Bluetooth 5.3, which doesn't do anything yet, and it has a temperature sensor, which is. Mainly for uh, cycle tracking and fertility, which is important. But again, not something that people are going to have to run out to upgrade to buy. However, it's still a fantastic watch. The price is the same. It starts at $399. There's no reason not to buy one. If you have an uh, an Apple Watch 6 or something, sure, go ahead, upgrade. It's great. It's, it's in that same weird place it was last year where you can be disappointed that they made a new watch and it's only slightly better. It's, it's this such a minor, minor, minor increase. But at the same time, a month ago, like it's better than the watch you would have bought for the same price a month ago, even if only a little bit. 
And it's not like the rest of the industry is passing them by. No. And it's, you know, a watch maybe isn't the kind of thing you upgrade every year like a phone. So this is for the people who haven't upgraded in two years, who don't have an Apple Watch. Um, yeah. Although I'd say that about the phones too could, these days. Yeah, you can make this, but particularly the 14. You know, it's a great smartwatch. And they had every excuse to, to start going on it every other year cycle because now they have the Ultra. So they could have had Ultra this year, regular updates next year. Then the Ultra in the next year, they could alternate years and everybody's on a two-year cycle, but they've still got a new Apple Watch every year. I, I just know that like next year, are we going to get Apple Watch Ultra 2? Or Series 2. And yeah, Apple maybe. Watch Series yeah, 9? <laughs> are they going to call it Series 2? Yeah. Because they didn't call this Series 0, but they never called Apple Watch Series 0 or Series 1 or anything Two until or one. One, there yeah, were more. The second one was Series 1. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I assume they'll follow the same nomenclature as the, as the regular watch. Or maybe they maybe they won't update it every year. Maybe that, maybe the ultra because the ultra is is packed with a whole bunch of new stuff, bigger battery, all the uh, bigger screen, obviously, but it's different design. Uh, uh, Dave is reviewing that as well, and that'll probably go up next week. But that's the one. Yeah. Where if you're an Apple Watch person, that's where all of the new stuff are is are is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the one that is has the most interesting updates. It's, it's also it's the most expensive bucks, and all that other stuff. But it's you know. clunkier. It's it's a it's a it's a yeah, it's, it's big. a big watch. It's big. It's thick. It's big for an Apple Watch. It is not big for a Action Pro sports watch, or even there's even some just like jewelry style watches or whatever. Who the whole thing about them right. is they're ginormous. They're, they're thicker. They're like twelve millimeters thick. They're fifty two millimeters circle. You know. They're, yeah. It's not quite as beefy as those, but it's it's significantly bigger and more industrial or whatever you want to call it than the Series 8. Well, not to dive too much into the Ultra, but I think the, weird, the funny thing about the Ultra is there is a consumer base that's interested in the watch, even though it may not necessarily be, be yeah, for yeah, them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the super geeky, super geeky nerds who, you know, the most they ever do is maybe play video games online <laughs> you know they, they, they want this watch because it's a yeah, super well there's also like watch. like the watch buying community is is a specific breed of people that buy things that you know watches with all these dials and and and, and buttons that they don't use but they like them because it's it's a fashion thing there's an equivalent of sneaker heads but for watches and for those people 800 bucks nothing you know, some watches cost like $500,000. Like they make two of them and, you know, they have these special uh, instruments inside them and, you know, they're handmade and everything else. And so, yeah, the, the watch buying world is uh, is a very specific community. Honestly, given that it's given that it's titanium, it's the larger screen and battery and it's cellular. Uh, 800 is not bad. It's less than it's less than a 45 millimeter. Apple Watch Series Seven Edition that was also in titanium. It's cheaper than that. It's about I think it's the fifty edition, less than that. Yeah, it is. What is it? A hundred dollars more than the large with cellular. Yeah, so it's uh, three ninety nine and and four twenty nine and then five twenty nine for the forty five millimeter with cellular. Then if you get the stainless steel, it goes up to like six something. Yeah, that's it. It's like a hundred dollars more than the stainless steel with cellular or something. But it's yeah, eight hundred bucks isn't bad considering everything that you're getting. That's that's you know even over the larger Series Eight, 
it's a bigger screen, bigger battery, uh, more more uh, stuff packed into it, better features, different you know different design, flat screen, you know all these things, rugged thing, r- uh, rugged exterior, titanium, blah blah blah. So you're getting a lot for your money for sure, but it's not cheap. Let's talk about that charging thing. Why don't they just make instead of the mag- they have magnetic charging? It's a little puck. Why not make that? MagSafe, so you can use your your iPhone puck on the Apple Watch and charge it. I think the answer is MagSafe is based on the Qi wireless standard. Qi spelled QI. It's that plus a ring of magnets and a single NFC ring for device identification. You need a certain diameter of coil to uh, have a certain power pass through, mm-hmm. right? So the coils on all your iPhones in order to be compatible with Qi chargers, they need to be a certain size. MagSafe has to be that same size coil. If they make it MagSafe smaller, now it's too small for the coils on your phone. Of Apple Watch is too small. It's it's going to fit in between the coils on a on a Qi or MagSafe charger. It's right. So now you're you're talking about making like two sizes of Qi wireless chargers, and now you're just back in square one again. You've, you've got one that's big enough to charge your phones and stuff. What about AirPods? The AirPods case, that's smaller, isn't it? That's bigger than the back of the phone. I mean, than the back of the watch. Okay. Like the width of that is bigger but it's than- But it's a different size than the phone, right? It's got to be smaller than a phone. It is, but it's big enough to have this to- It's big enough to have a coil that's going to line up with a regular Qi compatible coil- um, you remember your your watch, it's got that sort of concave part on the back. That's where the coil is. It's in that little part. It can't go to the corners because then it's not like around. Yeah, they'd have to flatten it also uh, somewhat because I don't think you can make a Qi charger that's got that concave thing and be compatible. Yeah, so so I think it's just a matter of like they'd end up having to make two sizes of chargers anyways. Because a small one would be too small to line up with your phone, and a big one is too big to line up with your watch. All right, I get that. I still they, they should just they should just call it Max. <laughs> I think what they did. I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see what they did inside. I have to look at a teardown of the Apple uh, of the AirPods Pro second gen case to see if they put two coils in or if they put one kind of wide coil. Well, well they, 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 doesn't the their gen do MagSafe too? No, uh, but yes, but it doesn't do the Apple Watch charger. I'm saying like how I'm I'm curious to how they did both MagSafe and the Apple Watch charger in the thing. Um, I know that they it's big enough to fit the regular MagSafe or G wireless chargers. I'm just curious if they put two coils in or if they have the electrical frequencies and stuff like that are different on an Apple Watch charger. It's proprietary. It doesn't quite. That's why when you buy all these charging stands they have like an empty spot for your apple watch and you have to like thread in your own apple watch charger because you can't they can't make a certified compatible apple watch charger they have to like basically there are some that have it integrated i've got this belkin one or whatever that is but they have to buy that part from apple so they're like supply limited by what apple will give them for that so everybody else you know the a lot of Charger makers just have decided, we'll just put an empty spot. And you'll just thread in your own Apple Watch charger and like hide the cable in the base or something. And that's why they do that because it's not a it's not a Qi standard thing. They can't make their own um, and they have to buy that puck from Apple in order for it to work. 
Yeah, I don't even think today. Does anyone make a third-party Apple Watch cable? I'm sure that they do. I think it's only Apple. Yeah, not that I'm aware of either. Like Lightning is, they have the certification thing, and people sell them all the time. I don't think there's a third-party Apple Watch cable made by anybody. Interesting. All right, thanks for that, Jason. That was enlightening. So yeah, I, I literally think it's just this, the, a matter of like this. The geometry is too small. They'd have to have a different size coil anyway. And if you're going to have two different size cables, I mean coils, it doesn't really matter if they're not compatible because you then you'd have you'd still have one that's too small for your phone and one that's too big for your watch. Whatever they did with the uh, AirPods Pro case that lets it work on both, they could do that on future iPhones. Like there, there's no reason they couldn't make it so that you could stick your little Apple Watch charger on the back of your iPhone and charge it. It would be slow. <laughs> like you're gonna fill that battery up real slow. It's gonna be like five. It's like five watts or something. It's it's pretty. It's like the old Apple Watch wall charger, the little tiny one. So yeah, you're you're looking at like four hours to fully charge your phone or something. <laughs> but they could. While we're talking about power, uh, the battery life on the Series Eight. Is essentially the same as the Series Seven. Uh, yeah, it's it is the same. You, you, you're getting 18 hours now. What's different, and it's also different on the Seven, is WatchOS Nine introduced low power mode, so you have some options there to extend it. But that's not that's not new to the Series Eight. What what is new uh, to this year's Apple Watch is the Ultra has this new thing. Uh, it's not out yet. Uh, I'm assuming WatchOS Nine Point One will bring it, but it's some kind of a battery optimization that Apple says extends it from 36 hours, which is what the Ultra gets, you know, under normal conditions with, you know, using this stuff to up to 60 hours. And it, I assume it optimizes it based on what you're doing. So it turns off GPS and things like that, things that you don't need most of the time and does it, you know. My understanding of it is it's a separate low power mode for the Ultra. I don't know if that it's, leaves I don't all know if it's a low power mode. That leaves all the activity tracking. I don't know that they'll call it that, but what I mean is, it, it turns off some things, but it leaves the activity tracking on. Based on what I understand about it, and it, it's not a ton of information, but or and also based on how other watches do it, like it uses your behaviors and turns off things that you're just not going to use until you use them. So you're not going to notice that they're off. Whereas low power mode, you're going to probably notice some things aren't working. Oh, you mean like it'll intelligently turn back on things that it had turned off? That's that's my understanding. It's 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 because it's called battery optimization. It's not, they don't say it's low power or some kind of a of a, of a lesser right. mode. power reserve. Right, that one too. Well, power reserve yeah. is always a bit of a joke. It's literally nothing. <laughs> low low power mode is is good overdue and very overdue feature, but it's good. It's good that they didn't make it exclusive to the new models too. Like series seven, six, five, four should have it. I think it's everything. It's four and up or five and up. I think has the new. Low power mode stuff. Everything but the Series 3. Well, the Series 3 got watchOS 8. It doesn't get watchOS 9. So who should buy the Series 8? I mean, should is a is a is the wrong term. I mean, listen, if you really want the latest thing, it's 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 better in in small ways, sure. Um, if you're gonna if you just bought one and you don't have four hundred dollars to or four hundred twenty nine dollars to spend on another one, then you know by all means you you're not missing out on all that much. If you have a Series Six, you know maybe because you know you got the bigger screen, um, no the uh, the temperature sensor, the crash detection, and faster charging, which came into Series Seven. So that now we're now we're a little bit maybe that's a couple years. Series Five, I would say definitely. If you got the Series Five. 
and yeah. you know you have the the money to spend on a new watch that's that's that and lower would be a significant upgrade i think especially since i think um if you have a series 5 like uh, if you bought it in the year that it came out and you've been using it you know now it's 3 years later and your battery's probably not lasting like it used to now, at 3 years of daily use something that you charge every day it's it's you start to you start to be at like maybe 80% or less of what it used to be and that could be start to be a noticeable thing. You're like, oh man, my my watch is not lasting all day like it used to. And uh, with the yeah. Series Six, you got you got the blood oxygen sensor. Series Eight brings a temperature sensor, crash detection. Um, Apple is going to start dropping support for some of these. My guess is the Series Five stays on for a couple more years, but um, Watch OS Ten probably won't support the Series Four. So we're you know now we're getting into that territory. So um, I'm going to say two to three years. Three years, we'll say is a good cycle to upgrade your watch. Yeah, three years is probably good. Uh, I, I honestly think that's true of the phones as well. I think one one year, I mean, hey, if you just have a lot of money and you got to have the latest phone, why are you even asking us, should you get it? <laughs> like, you're already getting it. We've reached the point where the upgrades to these things each year are minor enough that you really can wait two or three years. It used to be, we were, there was a discussion thread going on about this online where it's like, yeah, back in the iPhone six days and stuff like that, like every year you'd be like, wow, that's a big upgrade. That's huge. They did all this stuff. Um, And I can't remember the last time that happened except for the big shock, I think for all of us was when the M1 Max came out. Even though they didn't change anything but the processor, like that was a shock to the system. And then as soon as they came out with the new 14 and 16 MacBook Pros and the M2 Air where they changed the actual physical design and screens and all that other stuff, those were enormous upgrades. And you could legitimately say, if you had the previous model, this is still a huge upgrade. And that's the last time that's happened in a long time. Yeah, it's a wonder like where we're going, like what's yeah. 10 years from now, the iPhone 24, like what, what's the big revolution? What's the big innovation? <laughs> right. Like, maybe yeah, what could folding, it be? Maybe not. That's why they need another, that's why they need the AR glasses or something. They need enough major products that you can buy a major product every year and still be on a four or five year cycle. <laughs> Just you're just rotating. This is the year I buy a laptop, and then this is the year I buy a watch. Next year I buy a phone. Next year I buy AR. Next, yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 811. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. Mm